Kelly. And this is What You Should Read. The podcast where we should all over our books. And welcome to episode three. Today we're going to be talking about summer reads, so books that you will enjoy reading during the summer. Uh, But first, you know, uh, Kelly, Rachel, we are in episode three now. The podcast, as you know, has been blowing up just so many fans. And True. And, uh, you know, our fans are holding us accountable for things uh, when we make a mistake. So we're going to introduce a new segment this week called Misprints. And we have a couple of things that we want to address from last week's episode. So Kelly, you had something that you wanted to clarify. Is that right? I do. Yes. Uh, Our fans uh, and friends, Kathy and Lisa, both mentioned that they liked the Kira Knightley Pride and Prejudice better. And during our uh, segment last week, We implied that uh, they had no taste, which, as it turns out, is mean and hurtful. Taste is subjective. We meant to say they're just wrong. (laughs) Right. And their taste is fine. Right. Um, It's an objective fact. So we should have been more clear about that. Yes. And leave the hurtful (laughs) men calling out of it. They're just, they're lovely people who are wrong. Okay. Well, thank you for clarifying that. Thank you for the Uh, opportunity. (laughs) Rachel, did you have uh, something you wanted to submit for misprints? So my misprint um, came when I was just, I was getting all caught up in the excitement about Elon Omar's book last week. And I ended up using a term that is just factually incorrect. And I actually, I correct people on it all the time. So I don't know why I did it wrong, but I referred to her as a Somalian immigrant, um, but it's actually Somali. The A-N at the end does not belong there. Gotcha. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Yes, apologies for getting that wrong. Yes. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. And now we are going to get into talking about what we're reading this week. Um, I think we've all been reading a ton this week. So, Rachel, I'm going to start with you. Any, Any good books you've been reading lately? So I have two books that I'm reading right now. Um, The first one is the... Two Lives of Lydia Bird by Josie Silver. And I got this from Book of the Month when it was Book of the Month. I can't remember. Earlier this year, maybe? (laughs) I think it might have been maybe March because I got it then too. Okay. And I was really excited because I loved her first book, One Day in December. And I think that was one of my favorite books probably ever. It's just a a really well done book. And I really like this book too. It's definitely different. And it's kind of hard to read because the the premise is that um, this young woman's fiance died and they'd been together for like 14 years, half their lives. And it's her way of grieving, but she ends up, she ends up taking these, um, sleeping pills that cause her to, I don't know if the word is dream, but while she's sleeping, it's like she's in an alternate reality where her, uh, her fiance is still alive. So it kind of goes back and forth between the reality where he's dead and then this alternate reality in her while she's sleeping where he's still alive and it kind of shows you sort of what her life looks like if he hadn't died and it's it's it is very engaging. I'm flying through it. It's a really good book, and I'm still about ninety pages from the end, so I don't really have a full opinion on it yet. Mm-hmm. But 
so far I'm liking it. The yeah. I, I was going to say, I really, I enjoyed that one too, but definitely not as much as one day in December. I have to say mm-hmm. that book just was a five-star read for me. And this one I thought was good, but because her first book was just blew me away so much. I don't know. It wasn't, I was like, oh, I wanted more, something more. I think one day in December is a perfect book. It's I, perfect. So I think it's just hard to measure up. Um, the other book I've been reading while well, actually listening to the audio book of is Prodigal Summer by Barbara Kingsolver. Oh. And I haven't read this book. It's really weird because I read this book in, I want to say freshman year of high school. Yes, I was, I was in my freshman year because I took a senior elective of, called Nature and Literature. And um, this was a book assigned in that class. And looking back now, I'm like, wow, I can't believe he assigned me that book, the teacher, but I was the youngest in the class. Everybody else was 18. So (laughs) it kind of made sense that um, he assigned that book, but it, it has stuck with me. I remember it very vividly, despite reading it 16 years ago. Um, And re-listening to it now, it's just I don't know. I'm loving it so much. I love all the characters. They're perfectly imperfect. And Barbara Kingsolver herself is the narrator, which I love. She's so multi-talented. Her voice acting is very good. And it's just an enjoyable story. And I'm like less than an hour from the end. So I'll probably finish that tonight. Oh, I love the idea of going back and rereading a book like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That was one of your favorites years ago. Yeah. Coming back to it. That must be fun. Cool. Kelly, what are you reading? Uh, I just started uh, Dear Martin, which uh, is uh, the debut novel of Nick Stone. She has since written two more that I haven't read. And I think two middle grades that came out this year, one of which is um, a Black Panther middle grade about his sister, Shuri. Um, but this is her debut and I'm literally one chapter in but it's, it's really good so far. I heard that one's great. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't even really talk about the plot because nothing, nothing really is. I'm like five pages in maybe, mm-hmm. but it, it should be really, really good. Um, Angie Thomas, who wrote The Hate You Give, blurbed it. Jason Reynolds, who is amazing, uh, blurbed it. So, Wow. Yeah, I definitely want to read that one too. Well, I've also been reading a couple books. So one that I had started a few times before, I never couldn't get into it. And now I'm finally into it. I'm about a hundred pages in is Uprooted by Naomi Novik. Have either of you read that one? I haven't. Well, it's fantasy. So again, not my genre, but apparently I'm really trying to read fantasy lately. (laughs) Um, But I am about a hundred pages in now and I am enjoying it. It's funny because a lot of people think this book is a Beauty and the Beast retelling, and I don't think it is. There's some hints of the themes of Beauty and the Beast. You know, he's kind of a beastly character. She, he takes her to live with him. But I mean, really, it's a, a it's a fa- very fairy tale like book. It's about this girl who it's discovered she has magic and he's a wizard. So now he's like, Oh, now I have to train her. And it's funny because he's annoyed by that. (laughs) Um, It's just not what I expect. And the thing about this book is the writing is so good, but 
every paragraph, every sentence is so important. It's not a book that you can really fly through. And especially with fantasy, when it's a whole new world and you're trying to figure out what's going on, you know, I find myself really having to make sure I'm not, because I have a tendency when I read sometimes to just try and move on to the next thing really quickly before I've really taken in what I just read. So I find like every word has so much to it. So um, it, that's why I think it took me a few tries to get into, but now I'm in it and I'm enjoying it and I want to see what happens. But then today I decided to pick up, um, heavy, uh, the, the memoir by Kesey Lehman. And I picked this book up at ALA last year, I think, because he was signing copies and I hadn't gotten around to reading it, but just with everything going on right now in the world, um, with the murder of George Floyd by a police officer in Minnesota. I just have been really wanting to read things and, and educate myself. And um, this was, this is a book about um, being a a black man and, and growing up in the South. And it deals with a lot of heavy topics, race, class, sexual abuse. And I'm only a couple of chapters in, but he's talking to his mother in those first couple of chapters. So it just feels so personal and intimate and it's really beautifully written. And I would highly recommend this to anyone. So that's heavy, a memoir by, I think it's Kesey Lehman. I think that's how it's pronounced. So that's what I've been reading. I have, but I haven't read it yet. You would like it, Kelly. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get to it. Yeah. Okay. So Kelly, I think we're doing book news next. Yes, um, I'm very excited for my piece, which is, I know um, R.L. Stein has had a little bit of a resurgence with the Goosebumps movies, but uh, my other horror favorite is a tiny Kelly was Christopher Pike and, yeah. Mike, and Mike Flanagan, who did um, Netflix's Haunting of Hill House and Hush, which is on Netflix and So Scary and Oculus and the King adaptation of Gerald's Game is doing an adaptation of Christopher Pike's The Midnight Club uh, for Netflix. And I'm so excited. And I, I don't know when it's coming out. It just got announced. So probably probably not for quite some time, but I'm, I'm so excited and I am here for it. Wow, that's cool. So Have either of you seen the Nancy Drew show on CW? I haven't. We started watching it this weekend. It's actually very entertaining. I don't know why I said actually. Of course, it would. it's Nancy Drew. But <laughs> it's, yeah, I love all these adaptations of series we loved as kids coming out. Same. Absolutely. So, Rachel, do you have any book news? I do. And actually, um, this also relates to the protests that are going on in Minnesota right now and all over the country actually um, demanding justice and you know just really bringing to the forefront the Black Lives Matter movement again so there is this bookstore in Minneapolis um, called Moon Palace Books and so they right now they're closed um, due to the COVID-19 pandemic but they are providing What they're doing is they're not allowing police to use their parking lot for to like park their cars and instead what they have is a 
medic tent for the protesters out in their wow. parking lot. Oh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And yeah. you can order online from them for um, to have books shipped to you. So the website is moonpalacebooks.com. And if you want to support them, check them out. That's awesome. I love that they're doing that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um, okay, well, I have two pieces of book news today. So my first one is also related to the protests and the uh centering the Black Lives Matter movement. So there's a booktuber who I really love. Her name is uh, Shay and her channel is Books with Shay. And Rachel, you are actually the one who introduced me to this booktuber. I only watch a couple. Yeah, she's great. I only watch a couple of booktubers because I feel like I don't have time to follow all of them. And she is one that I, anytime she has a new video, I definitely watch it. And she posted a new video this weekend that she is going to start a blackout buddy read blackout buddy read, um, for a a couple weeks in June, ending on Juneteenth. And the two books that she's promoting that people read and that they're going to discuss on her channel are, uh, white fragility and white rage. So I highly recommend going to her channel books with Shay and watching the video so you can get more information about it. But I just wanted to promote that as I thought that was a, a really cool thing that she's doing. And then my second piece of book news that I'm very excited about. So Rachel and Kelly, I didn't tell you that I did a bit of investigative journalism on behalf of the podcast this weekend. Oh, really? Yes. So you may recall that last week on our Pride and Prejudice retellings episode, we were saying how much we would love to have a persuasion retelling or a retelling of a book other than Pride and Prejudice, because there's so many Pride and Prejudice retellings. And then by magic, Sonali Dev, uh, who is the author of Pride, Prejudice, and Other Flavors, dropped a book the day our podcast episode dropped (laughs) called uh, Recipe for Persuasion. This is what it looks like. Yeah. So she gave us exactly what we asked for. Thank you so much. Um, And then I happened to be on Instagram and HarperCollins uh, was doing going live. And so I clicked on their live video and it Lo and behold, it was Sonali Dev, and she was talking about her book, Recipe for Persuasion, and her writing process, and and all of that stuff, and then she said, and I I would love to take questions, and so I asked her what other books, uh, what other Jane Austen books she would like to reimagine one day, and she said, I actually am planning to write a Sense and Sensibility retelling, and she's going to write an Emma retelling, and that one, she said, and she said, and I quote, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this publicly yet, but Emma will be a gender swap. Oh, wow. (laughs) So I got an exclusive straight (laughs) from the author and I'm reporting it here to our audience. So yeah, so you should follow her to, you know, get all that news when it comes out. Um, And then I had to go out and buy the book, obviously, immediately. So I did. Yeah. Awesome. I think we need a new segment, um, wish list magic. So I don't want to squander this magic power that we apparently have, but I think it would be, I, I can't think of, irresponsible, we'll say, irresponsible not to use this power yeah. for good. Of course. <laughs> good point. We are witches and we must conjure the books that we need. 
email us at what you should read podcast at gmail.com if you want us to wish list anything on the podcast because it will come true. Yes. yes. Oh, great idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rach, what's next? So next uh, we're going to do our segment, you know what you should read, where we tell each other what to read. So Kelly, do you have a recommendation this week? I do. And it's actually for both of you. Uh, It's called If We Were Us by K.L. Walther. It is young adult. And the general synopsis is they're they're teenage best friends, uh, Sage and Charlie. And everybody thinks they're going to end up together. Like they're best friends. They've been best friends forever, it seems like. And they insist that's all they are. They're never going to be more. But the school is like, oh, yeah, sure. You're, you're going to end up together. We all know it. But what they don't know is that Charlie is gay and has a crush on somebody else, um, a boy named Luke, and that Sage is actually dating Charlie's brother, Nick. And it's, it's just a complete delight of a book. I was totally charmed. I loved every single page Um, I think my Goodreads review is the verbal equivalent of that Kermit flailing GIF. Um, (laughs) I loved it so much. And I think you should both read it like immediately. We should just stop talking and you should buy it and read it. Okay. Well, it's been a great podcast. And uh, (laughs) (laughs) what was the title again, Kelly? If We Were Us. Yeah, I've been seeing a lot about that book. It does sound very good. So Um, great. Good. Julia, what do you think we should read? Okay. Um, so this was going to be a recommendation for Rachel, but now I'm, I'm thinking back and I'm like, you might have read it already. And I, I would recommend it to both of you. So, but anyway, you know what you should read? What? It is called Irish Girls About Town. I have not read this. Okay, good. Okay, I'm super excited about this recommendation because I feel like it's it's a very it's an older book. I've had it for years, and that's why I, I thought maybe you'd read it, Rachel. Like maybe if it was at mom and dad's house, you might have picked it up. I stole but, it off yourself out of you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I was like, oh, maybe she read it at some point. But this is a collection of short stories. It's 13 short stories by Irish women authors. Oh. So. There is a story here from Marion Keys. There's one from Muff Binchy okay. and Kathy oh. Kelly. Um, and then I discovered some newer, uh, some new to me authors anyway, when reading this book. And I think I picked this up when I was studying abroad in England, but it was just such a fun read. It's short stories. So I I feel like it's kind of good for this week's episode. It would be a good summer read too. So I snuck another one in there, but um, yeah, they're just, I I love a good short story collection and this one is just light and fun and it's a lot about love and relationships. So it's an easy read. So yeah, so that's Irish girls about town and an assortment of great authors. So you can still get it on Amazon and I'm sure other booksellers. So yeah, check it out. That sounds great. I don't read enough short story collections, I feel like. But every time I do, I I just, I like how 
the collections usually are along some sort of theme and kind of go together, but you, you know, get with different situations each time. Yeah. And you might discover a new author that Mm -hmm. you want to read more from. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Okay. So you know what you both should read? What? (laughs) The Cooking Gene, A Journey Through African-American Culinary History in the Old South by Michael W. Twitty. So this book is a memoir. Michael Twitty is a culinary historian and his memoir, what he does in his memoir is he sort of traces his ancestry back, um, both um, from his black ancestors and his white ancestors through food. So all the way back, you know, Africa and France and just goes back hundreds of years in his own family tree. And it's a really interesting look at sort of how food has shaped culture um, just throughout the world and how it kind of led him to be where he was. And it's, it's really fascinating. I loved it. I actually listened to the audiobook, which he does read. And I just, I was hooked. I couldn't, I couldn't stop listening. It's a really good book. So I think you both should read it. It sounds very fun. That sounds like something I would listen to on audiobook for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I love memoirs on audiobook because usually they're read by the person who wrote mm-hmm. it. Yes. If you have not read Becoming by Michelle Obama, definitely listen to the audiobook. <laughs> So good. (laughs) So good. Oh, gosh. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to tell you what you should be reading this summer. And we are back. And today we are talking about summer reads. So we're going to give you some recommendations for good books that are uh, for reading this summer. It's June now, so the weather's getting warmer. It's perfect time to sit out on your back porch or on the beach at a safe distance from others and just really get lost in a good book as the sun shines. So first, I just want to sort of have a general discussion. I mean, you hear this a lot, like, top summer reads, right? So what exactly is a summer read? Like what makes a book good for reading in the summer? Well, for me, a good summer read is something that is really immersive. Like I just sort of lose myself in the book. I feel like something that takes me away, takes me um, not just to a different place, but it may be a different time or a different feeling. And I just love a book I can just bury myself in and get lost. That's, that's part of it for me, definitely. Um, and in addition to that, I, I love a book with a hopeful or a feel-good ending, something that ends on kind of a good note. So for me, that's, that's what I like in a summer read. Yeah. Yeah. Kelly, how about you? Um, I really, I find that I gravitate towards either uh, very fun books, like say Jennifer Weiner's, or I want thrillers. Like my book of the month pick this month was the, uh, the new Riley Sager. And I love him. I love his books. I cannot wait for the new one. 
Yeah, I feel like I feel like romance and thrillers are kind of like typically what you would think of for a summer read. Like I feel like those show up. I'm saying like a lot. <laughs> those show those tend to show up on top books for the summer lists, I guess. I feel like those are definitely good picks for the summer as well. I also agree with you, Rachel. It's it's just a book that you get immersed in that you can't put down because it just sort of takes hold of your imagination. I also feel like something really just kind of fluffy. I, I love fluff in the summer. I'm not ashamed to admit it. So, but I also just feel like whatever you like to read is a summer read, really. True. So I guess, you know, there are some books that I guess if you, what you like to read are really long hardcover biographies of, you know, historical figures. I guess that's, that's what you could read. And that could be a summer read, but at the same time might not be the best for taking to the beach. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also think it's helpful if the book, if you like to read print books versus a Kindle, I think it's nice when it's in paperback. So if you're like taking it to the beach or somewhere, you don't have this big hardcover that you have to lug around. Um, Agreed. Yeah. So I feel like when I was growing up, summers were just for reading. Like that's all I did in the summer. So do either of you have, I mean, I think I remember this one summer when we were camping at this place called Dummer's Beach, which is in Maine. And my best friend, Michelle and I, we would walk to this place called the Emporium in Weld, Maine. And it's this used bookstore. That's just this magical place where you can get really cheap paperbacks. And we would just load up on paperbacks like Babysitter's Club books and Sweet Valley High. And I would discover new things. There was this, there was this book about uh, Egyptian mythology that I found one, one summer. I remember just tearing through it and I loved it so much. And I just remember that summer being my best reading summer ever because Michelle and I would just spend all day reading and going swimming and then reading some more. Um, so do either of you have like a summer that you remember that was particularly good for reading for you? Um, my best friend moved to Arizona uh, the summer before sixth grade and our parents were awesome. And we would usually spend about, I want to say a, almost close to two months together, half of the time in Arizona and then half of the time in Maryland. And we read so much, but um, in Arizona, there's this used bookstore called Bookman's and it is, it is the best place, you know, just used books everywhere. And you could find the old scholastic point horror series, like books that probably have been out of print since maybe six months after they came out because, you know, really no shelf life. <laughs> and I just, I that, but I think also the best um, reading experience I did to Kill a Mockingbird and A Tree Grows in Brooklyn for the first time back to back. And it just wow. happened that way. And it was, it was the best literary double feature. I could not have planned it better. Those are, yeah, solid double feature. Absolutely. I love A Tree Grows in Brooklyn. That's one of my favorite all times. I, I agree. I think it's just wonderful. What about you, Rach? So 
my mind goes to the summer, I think it was, yeah, 2005. So it was the summer between my sophomore and junior year in high school. And it just, I don't think I did anything else that summer except read books and lay by the pool. Like that is probably the best reading summer I ever had because I read so many books. I think, um, what was it? The sixth Harry Potter book maybe came out that summer. And the, uh, just, I, I read so many books and I just, I can't remember them all, but it was, it was fantastic. Wow. Yeah. Anytime a Harry Potter book came out, I feel like that was a good (laughs) summer for reading. (laughs) Absolutely. Order of, when Order of the Phoenix came out, I stayed up. I think I read all but 50 pages like just straight. I stayed up pretty much all night and then I had to sleep a little and then I finished it. (laughs) But. Oh yeah. Those were the days. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well let's, uh, let's kind of go around and and recommend some, some books that we think people might want to read this summer. So I think we're going to start, we're each going to recommend a novel, a good novel for summer reading. So Kelly, why don't we start with you? Okay, uh, this is, so far as I know, the first book to be beloved by everyone on the podcast, uh, Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. It's, it's literary, but it's also a very suspenseful courtroom thriller. It's, it's amazing. And she's, it was her debut novel. She won the Edgar for it. She's a New York Times bestselling author. It's I don't even want to say anything else about it because it's just perfectly written and plotted. And it's really one of the best books I've read um, last year or any year. So everyone read that if you haven't already, and hopefully you have. Love it. I love that book so much. Love it. Rachel, what's your, what's your recommendation? So my recommendation for a novel is, Maine by J. Courtney Sullivan. And I love this book. It it does take place in the summer pretty much. I think it starts in spring and goes through the summer. Um, But it's about this family, the Kellers, and they, I think, live in Massachusetts, but they have a summer home in Maine. And it's a cottage that's been passed down, you know, through the generations and they it follows three of the women in the family who are each going through their own sort of hard times and they all meet up at the cottage and spend time there and it just sort of follows them through this journey and sort of trying to figure out where the future of the cottage is going and the future of their lives. And I just found it so engaging and I thought the characters were so well thought out and went on these great journeys. Um, Highly recommend Maine by J. Courtney Sullivan. I I think I did read that, but I don't remember the detail, too many of the details, but as you're saying it, I'm remembering it. It was a good read. Mm-hmm. Definitely good for the summer. Okay. My recommendation for a novel is Young Jane Young by Gabrielle Zevin. 
I have the paper back here. I read it, I think, last summer when Rachel and I were on vacation with our mom, actually. And it was definitely one of those really funny, really smart books that I couldn't put down. It was definitely, it's loosely based on the Monica Lewinsky, Bill Clinton incident scandal, if you will. So the main character, she gets this internship with a high profile politician that is, I think, friends with her parents. And they have an affair. And this book is about what happens after that. So she, you know, has to rebuild her life, basically. And there's a lot of mystery to the book. She actually kind of takes off and and assumes a new identity. So nobody really has seen or heard from her for years. Um, And then I don't think this is a spoiler too much, but she is convinced to run for mayor of her small town in Maine, where she ends up, she moves from Florida to Maine. So I don't know. It was just, it was funny. It's got some like, you know, smut to it. It's got some political intrigue. It's just, you know, a captivating, fun read. And I think perfect for the summer. So that is Young Jane Young by Gabrielle Zevin. And I love the cover. Okay. So now we're each going to recommend, I love this, we're each going to recommend an author who basically pick any of their books pretty much, and it would be perfect for a summer read. So I'll start. My author is Marion Keys, whose book I have behind, that's her newest book, Grown Ups, which was fantastic. It would be a good summer read. It is in hardcover, but you know, that's fine. Uh, but literally any of her books you could, um, you could read in the summer then, and it would just be really fun. My favorite Marion Keys book of all time though, is the other side of the story. Yes. And I love this book so much. It's, it's about the publishing world and I work in publishing. So I'm like, Ooh, Um, but basically it follows three women, Jojo, Gemma and Lily, and they're different, you know, what's going on in their worlds and their stories are intertwined and it's about their relationships and their careers and their lives. And it's, it's so good. And it's pretty big book, but I flew through it. I've read it several times because it's one of my all time favorites. Um, So that's, Marion Keys, literally any book by Marion Keys, but especially the other side of the story. <laughs> All right, Kelly, what you got? Um, first, I just want to agree. I got Grown Ups for my birthday from a very brilliant friend. And <laughs> Wait, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to let that be a fun Easter egg, but okay, sure, it was you. You're so needy. <laughs> Give me um, validation. <laughs> But it was um, really one of the first books that I was excited about reading. Um, When we all started working from home, I really lost my reading mojo, and that book really helped get get it back. Um, And another author who did is uh, Ellen Hildebrand, and um, her books are all summer. Um, They're all set usually um, in a beach town over the summer. (laughs) Sorry. they're just, they're just really, really fun. Uh, the book I held up is, um, what happens in paradise. And that's a, um, a trilogy. That was the second book. And it's this woman who learns that her husband had a second family and another daughter after he dies. So she's trying to piece everything together. Um, 
but most of her books are more entertaining and less juicy. Or, I mean, that's not really fair, but um, less, we'll say, like, over the top like that. But her books are just so fun, and they're easy to read, and just really scream summer. It feels weird to not be reading her new one um, by a pool or a beach or something, but I'll find a drink with an umbrella. It'll, it'll do. (laughs) I mean, you have to, you have to make do. (laughs) I, I have seen her books around and never, I always wondered if I would like them, but I've never picked them up. And now that I know that you love them, I think I will. Is Is there someone who you could compare her to? Is there someone whose work she reminds you of? Because I'm in the same boat as Rach. I've never read her stuff. Uh, I would say she's not unlike Jennifer Weiner in that she writes women and friendships really, really well. Um, Her books are not quite as emotionally investing as Jennifer Weiner, but I don't know. I mean, they're, they're very fun. Okay. uh, I I have a bunch, so you can you can certainly borrow them. Nice before you know you you dive in and spend <laughs> money. I don't think anyone any of us picked Jennifer Weiner, but that's she's obviously another author who would be perfect yeah. for any of her books are good summer reads too. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, Rach, you're up. So the author that I picked is Leanne Moriarty. And you can, if you're watching this on YouTube, I've got big little eyes set up on my bookshelf behind me. And the reason I picked her is because I've read every book she's written and they all have what elements that I love about summer reads. They're immersive. They have some element of mystery to them. They usually have a happy and or hopeful ending and just characters that you just want to know what happens to them. And while I do big little lies up on my shelf, my favorite by her is actually what Alice forgot, which is about a woman who she's, you know, she's getting married or she just got married and she's expecting the birth of her first child. She's only a few weeks into her pregnancy. And then all of a sudden she wakes up, And it's 15 years later and her life looks completely different than what she thought it would look like. And you sort of follow her as she's trying to piece together what happened, why she ended up the way she ended up and how she can sort of fix the mistakes that she made. And it is incredible. Um, Such a good book. And I mean, all her books are like that. There's, you know, you're trying to solve a little bit of a mystery and, I have most of her books I've listened to on audiobook because she uses a really good narrator. And I apologize, I forget the name of the narrator, but she also narrates the Kate Morton books on audio. And I love Kate Morton too. She's my bonus author. Um, all of her books are good summaries. Um, more books that are like mysterious and often follow dual timelines. So, yeah, yeah. Ian Moriarty's a. Uh, Definitely a favorite of mine. Who uh, who gave you what Alice forgot? Did someone <laughs> give that to you? Uh, it might have been my sister. You might have heard of her. <laughs> it's just like I gifted all these books to. <laughs> it's true. You did. <laughs> I feel hey, responsible 
for creating this monster. I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess I'm just so good at recommending books. I should do a podcast about it. <laughs> you should do a podcast about it. <laughs> uh, a co-sign, though, I love Leanne Moriarty. Yes. Um, okay, so now we are going to recommend a nonfiction book that we think would work for a summer read. So, Rach, I'm going to start with you this time. We're going to go the other way around. Okay, so the nonfiction that I chose um, is, so a lot of times, I would say most people, when summer rolls around, they are like, oh, I got to get my beach body or, you know, I need to go on a diet because it's bathing suit season. And um, so I recommend that you pick up this book. It's called Body Kindness. And it was written by Rebecca Scritchfield. She's a registered dietitian. And it's just all about being kind to yourself, being kind to the body you have, and living your life, not missing out on your life, um, just because you may feel like your body needs to look a different way. And there's so many, like, uh, exercise, mental exercises in here to sort of help you sort of appreciate yourself the way you are and learn to love yourself better and treat yourself more kindly. And I just, I'm a huge fan of hers. She also has a podcast called body kindness and she's just a great, she's a great social media pre, um, presence and yeah. Body kindness by Rebecca Scritchfield. Oh, I love her podcast. I haven't read the book though. I should borrow it from you, Rach. I have two copies you can have. (laughs) Okay, so I I have the one I bought, and then I bought another one when I met her at a conference, and she signed it. Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, that's such such a great message. We should all keep that in mind. Cool. How about you, Kelly? What's a nonfiction you recommend? Um, I'm actually going to recommend my favorite book ever, which is Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. It is a collection of advice columns that she wrote as Dear Sugar for the New York Times. And it's, reading it is like having a conversation with your best, wisest friend who is kind, but also gives like the absolute perfect advice. And I've read it multiple times. Each time I get something new from it. It's good for the summer, but it's good for any time. So it's always good to read it. It's always good to reread it. Yeah. I think I cried my way through that entire book. Yeah, it was not pretty. (laughs) Uh, Okay, well, for a lighter nonfiction, well, actually, it's not lighter. It's actually quite serious, but it's also very funny. So I recommend Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. So this is his memoir, and it's Stories from a South African Childhood. Okay, this book, I, my boyfriend got it for me, I think for my birthday last year, and we went on vacation to Mexico, and I just read this, I think in one sitting by the pool, and it deals with his childhood growing up in South Africa, being mixed race um, and just what that was like for him. And it's really about his relationship with his mother who was an incredible person. Um, 
but he's also just hilarious. I mean, his writing is so funny and it just, I was cracking up out loud, but then alternately I would tear up in certain places and it's a very quick read, but it will make you think it will just, I I mean, I, I was, you know, a fan of his before, but I wasn't, I am like a super fan of his after reading this because it was so good. So that is Trevor Noah's Born a Crime. Okay. So our last round, Robin, we are going to recommend a good series that you can read in the summer. So the series that I'm recommending is Becky Chambers' The Wayfarer series. And the first book is The Long Way to a Small Angry Planet. And this is like a comedic uh, space odyssey uh, with all these different species and characters. And again, this is another one where I was laughing out loud the whole time. And it's this like kind of like motley crew that they have this impossible mission that they have to complete. And there's relationships happening amongst the crew, interspecies romance. Uh, It's just, it's so fun. And there's three books in the series. So I highly recommend it. So that's Becky Chambers, the Wayfarer series. And the first book is the long way to a small angry planet. I just read that this spring and I loved it so much. And um, my husband just bought the second book. So I'll probably read it before him. Good. <laughs> and I think, it's, I think it's good for summer too. Cause it's just like, uh, again, you get immersed in it, right? It takes you to a different, totally different place, but it's still funny and light. And yeah. Okay. Kelly, what's your series? Uh, mine is only loosely a series, but it's uh, Jasmine Guillory. Um, her books are romance, which is not really something that I read all that often, but it's they're so good. Uh, the one I was holding up is The Proposal, which I think is my favorite, but it's, it's really more like companion novels. So, for example, the main character in one, her best friend will be the main character in another book. Um, but they're just, they're very fun. They're very sweet. They're pretty hot. It's, it's just a really <laughs> great time. And I don't know, this is going to make me sound like a snob, but it's well-written enough that I don't feel bad about reading romance. Um, please don't hate oh, me. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have to. <laughs> I, I don't have to feel bad for reading romance. <laughs> I don't think reading romance is bad or less than in any way. It is just not a genre that I historically tend to enjoy. But yeah. with fantasy, there are ones that I absolutely love. I hear you. I hear you. Okay, Rach, what do you recommend for a series? So the series I'm recommending is The Raven Cycle uh, by Maggie Steedbotter. And I, I love these books. Uh, Julia, I know you've read the first one, right? Just the first and one. Kelly, have you read any of them? Uh, also just the first one. Okay. So it's very, it's interesting because the first one is really good. And the second, third, and fourth one are so different. But they're also really good, in my opinion. Um, so it's, it's, if you just read the first one, it can kind of be a standalone, in my opinion. But then if you continue on with the series, like, you can't put it down. You have to get to the end. And it's so just for the listeners at home who haven't read it, the premise is there, the main character, her name is Blue, and she lives 
um, in Henrietta, Virginia, Virginia. And she, she lives in a house with her mother and all these aunts and female relatives who are psychics. And she's the only member of the household that does not have psychic powers, but she's what they call a battery. So she enhances their psychic powers and she can also enhance other sort of paranormal activity. And she meets these four boys who are from a local private school um, who are looking for this old Welsh king. And they're sort of searching ley lines and doing all this paranormal uh, investigation. Apparently, if you find the king, um, I think the king's name is... Glendower. Yeah. So the old King Glendower, if you find him and wake him, apparently he's in a deep like sleep. And if you wake him up, you get, he'll grant any wish you want or something like that. The other, uh, the other part of the story with blue is that she is told from birth that she will cause her true love to die if she kisses him. So it's definitely a lot of uh, paranormal stuff going on, but it's so much fun. The characters are so interesting and they develop really well over the series. Um, You know, in the first book, you're sort of focused on Blue and Gansey and Adam, but then going forward, you, you get more of Ronan and some new characters come in. And I just, I think it's a great, series for summer because um it is such an immersive world and the the author is very good at describing the setting i mean the setting itself is like a character and i actually listened to them all on audiobook and the narrator was really good had a very soothing southern accent so that's the raven cycle by maggie stiefvater and the first one is called the raven boys it's such a bonkers premise when you say it out loud, when you think about it, but I agree. It was really good. And I, I would like to continue with the series, but yeah, just like, yeah, these prep school boys are looking for a Welsh King that's asleep. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've recommended some awesome summer reads. I mean, really good for any time of year, but especially good in the summer. So check a few of them out And that brings us to the end of episode three. So you can find us what you should read on Instagram and Twitter at WISR underscore podcast. And you can listen to us on Apple podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher working on getting on the other platforms. And, or you could just go to our website, what you should read.com. And I just want to remind everybody about, about um, Moon Palace Books. Uh, So you can go to moonpalacebooks.com. So um, they were part of my book news, but I'm also doing them as the indie bookstore shout out of the week. So moonpalacebooks.com, get them your support. Awesome. And they can ship books to you? Yes. Great. Okay. Well, thanks so much for listening and we will see you next week. Bye everybody. Bye.